So the weather person said it was going to snow today. I can't tell you what that does to me. I ran down to the basement and I got my sled. I mean, I don't, it's hard to describe it. I get this, this uh, tingle in my stomach and that, that giggle that you just can't contain, you know. Um, my dad always had and still has uh, a childlike wonder about it, about the snow. I remember as a kid, he would wake us up early and we'd all be standing in our pajamas by the window, wide-eyed watching these giant flakes just cover the world. And then at some point there would be this awareness, like all of a sudden we would become aware it's a snow day. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And this awareness would always lead to, to action, like all kinds of stuff. And it usually started with a family walk, um, this quiet walk in the snow, the undisturbed snow, uh, the quiet snow. And if it was early enough and the street lights were still on, uh, you could see those flakes just kind of floating through the, the soft light. I was always amazed at how you could be surrounded by so much cold and yet feel so warm. We would uh, go down to the South Toe River. Uh, the South Toe River would, would freeze over and we would take a, uh, an RC cola can and smash it and find a stick or a, a broken broom handle and we would hockey that river and we would play hockey until the cows came home. Uh, I, I don't know that my mom knew about the hockey games on the frozen South Toe River uh, because I don't remember the punishment that would have, that would have come from, from that. Um, so kids don't do that. It's, it's actually a really bad idea. But we would sled all day long. We'd find the, the, the steepest hill and, you know, just the gang of kids, my dad right in the middle of it, just sledding and sledding and sledding and the igloos. One year we had so much snow that we built igloos, like not just one, uh, but many. Um, and <laughs> it snowed so much that we had tunnels going from igloo to igloo. Like it was crazy. I mean, I was a little guy, so, so maybe it was because I was so small, but that snow just seemed so big. So I, I get excited when the weather person says it's gonna snow. Well, it didn't snow today. I mean, not really but I know it's coming and so I'm waiting and mark my words we'll have an igloo out here in the courtyard uh, you'll see but I think Advent's like that you know Advent is a season of preparing it's it's a season of, of waiting it's a season of wonder I, I think of the stories of Advent and Christmas um, you know where all of this stuff is happening and people are trying to make sense of it and like the shepherds angels appear and I know the story says that they were freaking out afraid and terrified but there was this great wonder at it too and and they they just quickly went to to see if it was true there was this sense of curiosity and, and discovery and then the, and then they find Mary and Joseph um, 
the end of that story leaves us with Mary, who was just marveling and, and wondering at, at all that the shepherds had said. Um, you know, I think sometimes wonder should be like a spiritual discipline. We should do it on purpose. It, it should be a spiritual practice. I, I'm in a I'm in a, a course right now. Um, it's called mindfulness-based stress reduction. Um, uh, Duke Divinity School is it's a it's a clergy health initiative. Um, and so in this class, they're, they're teaching me how to become more aware of stuff, starting with my own breathing. Um, and it's a great practice uh, every day uh, just to close my eyes and, and to be in a quiet place and be aware of my feet on the ground and the posture of my back and just to, to notice my breath. And there's some funny things, too, like in the guided meditations where, like, imagine you're breathing through your big toe. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. Uh, but it's kind of fun, too. Um, all of, all of a sudden, just, just being aware, like, this is my body, this is my life uh, in, in this world, and um, being aware of the things that I see, and of sounds that I hear, and things that I taste, like Chan's birthday was on Thanksgiving Day, and um, instead of having the traditional turkey, uh, I baked some trout, and man, it was so good. So just like I was aware of, because I've been practicing this stuff, the taste of this, of this fish in my mouth, and it was it was really kind of amazing. Um, there was this video that was related to this class. Our instructor shared it. Uh, I really want to share it with you. Uh, th there's a link. Um, Nick said that uh, you could could click on the link b below this uh, after after all of worship is over. Um, I, sh I shared it with Chan, and and she just got really excited and wanted to share it with the kids. Um, but it, but it's it's titled this little five minute video. It's entitled um, a, a Grateful Day by a Roman Catholic monk, uh, David Rindel Steinelrast, uh, something like that. But in this video, it, it's, it's kind of the same thing, you know, like this idea where he says um, to live each day as if it was your first day, but also as if it was your last day. And think about that for a minute. And he says, if you do that, it'll be an amazing day that you've lived. You know, so in it, this invitation to notice things and, and to be aware of things. And I was especially liked the part where he said, um, when you look at people, notice their faces. Like, really look at them. And he says, because there's an incredible story with each face. And not just their story, but the story of their ancestors. So that if we open our hearts to these things, I think especially in the season of Advent, with this childlike wonder and awareness and curiosity, and we live that day, then people will be blessed. Brennan Manning uh, wrote an article in Christianity Today and he said that he believed the real difference in the American church um, is not between conservatives or liberals, uh, fundamentalists or charismatics, Republicans or Democrats. He said the real difference is between the aware and the unaware. That people who are aware 
of, of God's love, of, of the beauty of, of this season, that what happens to them is there's this spontaneous gratitude, this thankfulness, um, these, these cries of gratitude, they, they just rise up and they, and they become this um, real mark and characteristic of, of the inner life. And it leads to this amazing joy. Our text for today uh, from Isaiah, it's, it's one of the lectionary texts, one of the, the texts that um, church leaders for a long, long time have recommended for the season of Advent. It might be familiar to you, uh, as it was being read earlier, Maybe you remember that this was the, the text that Jesus read when he was at home in Nazareth, when, when he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And it, it was the custom for the rabbi to, to take the scroll and, and to read. I think they would, they would kind of sing it and chant it. It just so happened that that day that, that, that Jesus went into the, to the synagogue in Nazareth and um, uh, unroll the scroll. It was the, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. It was this text from Isaiah 61 as we have it. It's what he read that day. Uh, we've learned over the years from taking our confirmation class to the, to the Jewish synagogue in Asheville that um, each Sunday, uh, kind, of, kind of like us with a lectionary, uh, there's an assigned text, or at, at least it's, the, it's the, the place where they finished off from the week before. And so Jesus unrolled the Isaiah scroll, and, and he began to read uh, where they left off from the week before. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And verse 8, for I, the Lord, love justice. So, he got in trouble that day, if you know the story. His own people got mad at him because he said, this has been fulfilled today. He made this proclamation about who he was, and they couldn't handle it. So they kind of missed it. There's some questions I had with this as I, as I sat with it. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. I'm in order uh, to bring good news to the oppressed. Like if, if we're called into this mission of Jesus, bring good news to the oppressed. Well, uh, who are the oppressed? That's the, the first question that I, that I had. We can't bring good news to the oppressed if we don't know the oppressed. And so I realized that we've got to be aware of them. Uh, we, we've got to see them. And, and like, how do we bind up the brokenhearted? A, a broken heart is not easy to see, but we need to see them. And this, this statement from God, that the Lord loves justice, I wondered, do we love justice? Do we really love justice? Or is that just a, a catchphrase these days? 
You know, I also think that awareness is the beginning of justice. If everything plays out like it should, awareness is the beginning of salvation. As I was consulting the commentaries on this text, um, theologian Scott Bader say, uh, he says, in Isaiah, salvation is good news, healing, liberty, release, and comfort. It is the year of the Lord's favor, which is a reference to the Jubilee year, in which debts are wiped away, slaves are freed, fields are allowed to rest, and land is returned to its original owners. Salvation, he says, is imagined both as a restored city and as an abundant garden. Luke, in his gospel, he, he sees the whole of Jesus' life from the beginning to the end as this, this visitation from God to the world. At, at the beginning of it, uh, the Advent lessons that we find in, in Luke, we, we meet Zechariah and Elizabeth as John the Baptist's mom and dad and this miraculous declaration of uh, John's birth and Zechariah's in the temple. And there's his canticle, it's the Benedictus. And he, he praises God who has visited his people and redeemed them. You remember the story. I, I know that I, I talk about it uh, maybe a, a good bit. Um, there's that place near the end of Jesus' life. Uh, he's coming to Jerusalem, and, and uh, he's not quite there, and, and, and he sees the city. And Luke tells us that, that he wept over the city. And he says, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. They missed it. And, and John writes about that too. In the very beginning of, of his gospel, he, he writes uh, about Jesus. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not recognize him, did not know him. I remember one night there was a, there was a knock at the front door, and it was late, and there was snow, and it was really cold, and there was this guy at the door. Uh, and, and, and he was needing some help. It happened a lot at the parsonage. Before I knew it, off my dad went, just like a little boy, full of wonder and, and full of joy. Because he loves the snow. And because he loves people. I've always thought that I would do well to follow him because I know that he is captivated. And I know that like us, on this third Sunday of Advent, he lights the candle of joy.